David, there's people there's people by you. I apologize. Big time. We're sorry as yeah? well. But Evan and Caitlin are here. Hi. Hello. <laughs> oh. Long time no see. What I know, you, right? What are you guys making? <laughs> we made oh. all kinds of cool stuff. They've been here for this is is this day four? This is day four. Morning four. Yeah, and we made four videos. Holy guacamole. Yeah. They wow. yeah. they taught me everything they know about resin pouring. Which is very little, so it was <laughs> fun. <laughs> and uh, it was really fun. Yeah. Tried some new things for the first time. And towards the end of the, the stay, we, we had two main working days. And yesterday, we were mostly done with the first two videos. And we we're like, hey, let's start two more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 2 p.m. Yeah. 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 Let's do but, two more. Yeah. So the the main project that we wanted to do was resin colorful Christmas ornaments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and then the other fun one was going to the antique mall, find something that's not Christmassy and turn it into something Christmassy. And that's cool. it in in our heads we're like, this is gonna be super easy. We yeah. are so confident. And it was a huge antique mall. It was like, certainly we will find something. Yeah. And it was almost like you're paralyzed by choice because there's too many things. And then you're paralyzed by, like, is my idea too complex? Is it too simple? Because you could just take anything, throw a Santa hat on it, and all of a sudden it's Christmassy. And, and that's so, a, big, a great YouTube video. <laughs> yeah. Put eyes, and, and, put eyes and sunglasses on it. It's cool. Put a Santa hat on it. It's Christmassy. Exactly. <laughs> right. There you go. Yeah. Well, so to add a little bit more of a rule for ourselves, it was that we couldn't add anything that was already Christmassy to the thing to make it Christmassy. So we couldn't just put a Santa hat on it or stick a snowman on it. And then it became really complicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I'm not going to reveal what we made just yet, but we both Can I guess? ended up. Yes. Did you buy a ping pong table and cut a Christmas tree out of it? <laughs> we that did. We pretty. both did. Yeah. Were you here with us? Two ping pong tables. tables. <laughs> Two giant trees. <laughs> but we, we, we kind of made it like a almost like a couples competition. But it wasn't really a competition. But it kind of was. Mm-hmm. And we ended up with the same idea. <laughs> yeah. So we found different materials to execute the same idea. Oh, that's cool. They're very different. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun videos. It will there be. Several moments of panic for both <laughs> both of us. <laughs> yeah. Well. And Bob, you were in an interesting place this weekend. Where did you go? I was in Huntsville, Alabama. There was a thing called ThinkerCon. Right on. And um, it was at the Space and Rocket Center. And it was super cool. I'd never been there before. But it, they have really, really big rockets there. Like really big <laughs> rockets. And there was a so great was guest awesome. list there. I mean, I wasn't there, but there was a lot of people. <laughs> now, the reason I say that, no. there were three places I was supposed to be this weekend. ThinkerCon, uh, Good of the Land Fest, and then where I was in New York at the Filson event. So you guys, both events had a tremendous amount of YouTubers that I would love to have hung out with. So it was my big yeah. loss this weekend, but I had obligations. And what I did was also very fun. But Bob, tell us more about ThinkerCon. Uh, it was super cool. I mean, there were it was kind of geared towards educational content creators. So that spanned from some makers, but it was I think the majority of it was more science and education. You know, like the really straightforward education uh, stuff. So there were a lot of people there that um, you know we've watched do all sorts of. Uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of like the, the list of people. Uh, there was a whole bunch of science well, I people, saw, a bunch of like astrophysicists. I, I happen to notice because like I, I kind of was my voyeur. My voyeurism was through April's channel. April, so I saw 
mm-hmm. I saw Annabelle Trades. Of course, I saw you. I saw Frank Hallworth. I saw Bobby Duke. Um, yep. And Bobby Duke had a whole host of guys on his Instagram of, of who he was. A lot of guys that I didn't know, but now I know. Um, the guy with the metal face from the nose down. What's his name? You talked about him the other day. Oh, Captain, Captain Disillusion. Captain yeah. 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 I saw him there. And uh, yeah, it was just a, there was just a lot of folks there that I would have loved to have hung out with. Um, yeah, it was it was super cool. And there were like, um, I think there were 100 content creators and maybe 900 or 1,000 uh, just public that came to the event. And it was all in the Space and Rocket Center. And there was a dinner. And it, mostly it was just like hanging out, just wandering around, talking to people. There were uh, two stages on the opposite ends. And so we had panels going on, different ones, you know, 25-minute panels. So it was really quick. And so I moderated a panel with Anne... Um, April Martin from Winter Garden. Oh, yeah, Super yeah. cool guy. I saw Super him, yeah. I regret cool not guy. being able to hang with him. And then a guy named Jabril who does programming, and he was a really cool guy too. Um, so that was that was pretty cool, and it was quick. So the rest of the time we just kind of hung out, and then they had a big fireworks show outside, and uh, it was it was pretty awesome. It was a great weekend. I, for sure. I got to go to space camp. So <laughs> Space camp. And I saw some fun communal, like getting to know you things. You guys had to solve problems quickly in the beginning it seemed like the first time you guys got there first minute you got there. yeah yeah like before the public thing we had some time to do some stuff together and um they they set up like these little maker space challenges and so like make a vortex cannon and so they had all the supplies there and you just came and made a little vortex cannon and then they had cups set up on a table and you would shoot the air from the vortex cannon which if you don't know is just a little it's like a canister with a, a membrane in it, a plastic membrane, and you pull that back with under tension, and it pushes air forward. So you can't see what it's shooting, but it's basically shooting like a little ring of air out. And, yeah, that's water, not air. But, <laughs> yeah. Guess which one of us did that? Yeah. <laughs> Kaylin, stop. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so anyway, so there's like cha- oh. challenges like that where you, you, know, you work together to make a little thing and see who could... You know, knock down the most cups at the furthest distance, and we had a marble maze we had to make and stuff like that. It was it was cool. One thing I'm curious about: Do you see more c- cross collaboration between the making community, the education, and the science community? Maybe coming from this meetup? Oh yeah, definitely. I, and I think from because YouTube was one of the big sponsors of that event. I think they see that as well, which is encouraging. Because mm-hmm. um, I talked to some people from YouTube, and and they definitely are looking at education not as as the very specific like school curriculum education, but more. I think they kind of look at it from uh, uh, how do they say it like exploration. There was another word that they used mm-hmm. for it, but basically like exploring something, curiosity. That's what it was. So they mix curiosity and straight education together in the same group, and I, you know, we are a good crossover between those two things. So yeah, I can totally see um, more awareness of the two types of content creators, more awareness of each other, and probably more collaboration and crossover and stuff in the future, which is really cool. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, that's super cool. It was a great event, and it was put together by um, it was it was the brainchild of Destin from Smarter Every Day. But he had a team of, uh, I think there were five people on kind of an advisory board that figured out how to do the whole thing and worked together really hard. And they had tons of volunteers who helped run it. And, I mean, I've been to a lot of conferences and a lot of, like, get-togethers around content. And this was by far the most professionally 
handled one. Oh. It was amazing. Like they, they, I didn't see any problems. Like anytime you get a bunch of people like that, there's like logistics. You know, somebody forgets to print the thing that everybody needs to get into the thing or whatever. Yeah. There was nothing like that that I saw anyway. Uh, it was super smooth. And so, yeah, they did good. Well, especially cool. for it being the first time they're doing it. That's even extra impressive. Yeah, exactly. Do you know so. if they're already talking about 2019? I don't know. I didn't hear anything. I kind of assume they will, but I, I didn't. I don't think they've made any decisions yet. Just like people assume there'd be a making it 200. Yeah, like exactly. It's got the time for that. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of, since since you brought it up, I realized. Did I tell you guys this through text? I don't remember. I realized that the date that we kind of tentatively picked is during my kids' spring break. Mm. So there's a good chance that that date is going to change. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like so we'll keep you posted on yeah. that. And we're also setting up. We haven't locked anything in yet, but we're setting up ten classes for next spring to fall. Here at the barn. Nice. Oh, awesome. So we're nailing some of those dates. And that's stuff we got to talk about because you guys are involved in one of those weekends. Yay. So, yeah. So some of them are like you, kind of um, jammed together and some of them just spread apart. Is Do you have an idea of like how those are going to be split as far as what they're covering? Or is that still? Uh, well, yeah, well it, we tentatively have uh, knife making, welding, blacksmithing, leatherworking, and non-linear woodwork and we say non-linear because it's not like at the table saw the chop saw it's draw knife um so blacksmithing might be three different classes we're still working it out with the teachers and welding will be tig welding with jody jody's committed to doing it but we haven't nailed the date so that could be uh you know that might that might complicate things but you know it's still early on leather work with taylor's uh former boot making teacher lisa sorrell she's committed to come on uh, knife making, Steve Pellegrino, and uh, like I said, a couple of uh, uh, perhaps an axe head making class with uh, some guys from England. And so we're, we're working out the details. And you know, we, we've this experiment has gone on the last couple of years, and it, it works. It's going to be always. It seems like no matter what we do, we always have a good turnout and a good group of people that are always happy. They leave happy. They come open-minded and leave happier and smarter and more open to new ideas. And that's really what it's about. I mean, obviously it's about learning, but the experience of the entire weekend, we want to try and make it a, a thing where you leave inspired to be open to new people and new open, new open to new ideas. And, and so everything's working. So now we're, we're working with a little bit of an investor behind the scenes and we're going to try and nail 10 classes and we'll see how that goes. You know, and then it involves catering and lodging and, so the tale is amazing with the logistics and all that, and uh, she's working out with our with our friend. I'm I just curious have to, to be know, here and look pretty. I'm curious to know, um, and you don't have to talk about this if you want, don't want to, but mm-hmm. why would there need to be an, an investor? It seems like everything is already in place. Oh yeah, no, honestly, he's not really investing. He's more he's just consulting with us and making sure gotcha. that, like, okay. uh, you know, the P and L is right, profits and losses, and. You know, that we do this going into this, obviously, to to educate and inspire, but we, we need to make a little bit of money and make sure all sure. the costs are covered. And he's the one who like, the, what about this and what about that? And don't forget to do this and, and add that. And he also is just, uh, he's my business partner. His name is Howard. And so Howard is just uh, putting a fire under our butts to make sure we don't get lackadaisical about. He's like putting dates in place and making sure we, we hit certain guidelines, uh, certain milestones. 
And if it was up to us, we'd both be like, yeah, let's talk about it tomorrow. Yeah, let's talk about it tomorrow. <laughs> so right. Howard's like up uh, on both of us to make sure we deliver to him and to us. So that's really more about what it's about. But, Sweet. But yeah, yeah. So we're working that out. And uh, oh, this weekend I went to the Filson store, which was supposed to be in September, which is why I was committed to going to ThinkerCon and, and then... Uh, Good of the Land Fest also took place in, in Lindale, Texas this weekend. And that was supposed to be in the beginning of November. So sometime in like August, I was committed to doing three things. The, the Filson event, <laughs> the ThinkerCon, and the Good of the Land event. And through logistics and circumstances, they all ended up on the same weekend. And so I could only go to the one that I had to be at, which was the one where I needed to show up with my canoe. And I brought the canoe to the store this weekend, and it was great. Great turnout. I met a lot of new people, a lot of old people, and a, a lot of fans that have wanted to meet me in the tri-state area. And it was really good. The store is super crowded, and the store gave away stuff. They had a leather worker there. They had a boot maker there. They had a tin-type crew there. And I didn't get to hang out with any of those guys that much because I was busy with the canoe. And I was supposed to be doing a demo, but there really wasn't any room for it. So I just hung out and talked canoe details with a lot of people uh, that were curious. And it was fun. It was a real fun weekend. And at the end of the weekend, they said, we really don't have room for this thing here. We're going to maybe put it at our <laughs> Boston store. But in the meantime, can you take it home? And maybe we'll arrange something for you to go to Boston with it and you know do some kind of demo in Boston store. So I promised everybody it was going to live in the New York store. The funny thing was, is they obviously seem to have it's a big corporation, right? It's getting bigger. And they opened up two stores, Boston and New York, at the same time. Big stores, the kind of flagship stores, much more prominently placed in the city and bigger footprint. And uh, they had like a, a team that comes in and decorates the place, like a, you know, like a Fridays. And so the whole place is like decked with cool old antiques and it's, right. made, it's made out of hard wood. <laughs> everybody walking around has flare on their vests. No, yeah. 13 pieces of flare? Yeah. yeah. And so the place is completely decked out. And uh, my my I get there. So we had a party this week. So it was Filson all week long for me because I had a party to go to there at the opening of the it was the opening for the press and the so that was a private party Tuesday and then over the weekend was me talking with the you know with the other people that was open to the public. Uh, but the point I'm making is, is I walked into the store the first time that I had seen it, and there was like 10 canoes hanging from the ceiling. And I said, oh, wow, that's really cool. I didn't know they were going to have 10 other canoes. And when I get in, she's like, well, I said, where's my canoe going to go? She's like, I'm not sure. How big is it? I said, it's as big as that 15-foot canoe hanging in the ceiling. She's like, oh, my God, is it really that big? And Right there, and then we realized there probably wasn't room in the store. Anyway, we, we made room for the event that I was at, and then I took it home. It's outside right now. It's strapped to the roof of my car because I got in at like 3 in the morning. And I will put it back in the barn. Hopefully, we get a weather break. I could take it out in, the, in a creek somewhere near here, so I have it back to be able to use it. And in time, we'll bring it over to the Boston store. And so that's, that's my canoe saga, which wasn't a saga. It was all good and uplifting, and I'm very happy to still have it. So... Yeah. That's Sweet. That's very cool. Well, um, I didn't really talk about what I've been making, but I honestly cannot even think what I was working on before I left last week, so we can just skip it. All right. Because <laughs> I don't know what Oh, I don't know. Did I talk about my tips videos before the uh, before we started or, or after? I don't remember. 
Uh, I don't know, but I watched two of them this morning on the treadmill. Oh, thank you. Fantastic. Thank like, you very much. Your, your, the jokes, the delivery, the pace of it. Like, <laughs> the cats. <Psych. laughs> yeah. The cat. This is so good. Thank it's excellent. You. Thank you very much. And uh, the reason I'm bringing it up is because I don't know how many new listeners and new fans that we all have on an ongoing basis. But there are people suggesting that I do this on a regular basis in the comment section. And the reason I'm saying this, most people don't need to hear this, but I've been doing tips videos for like almost the last five years. I took a two-year break, just about two years since the last one I made because I was in the old shop in the last one. So I have 14 different tips videos. I think I have a, a, a viewer list. I have to check and double check that I have a viewer list and not add them all together. So I've done 14 different tips videos and... Uh, if Lowe's wants to keep sponsoring this, I mean, I'll keep moving quicker. Obviously, they put the incentive to get these three done before Black Friday, which is why I did so many so fast. And I'll do more. Uh, I, I've always had the intention of doing more. I want to do a, a CNC tips video, which I don't think would be sponsored by Lowe's because it doesn't correlate with their product line. But I do want to do a CNC tips video, even though I'm still considered an amateur. I consider myself an amateur CNC guy. I've picked up lots of tips that I've never seen anybody else do over the years. So I'm going to do a, a CNC tips video, a welding tips video, which I, I have footage already shot. I just never put it together. Now I have the, the fire going. Maybe I'll do that. So anyway, so I just wanted to bring that up to let people know that I have done it in the past. And Spike is in every one of them. <laughs> of course. And so the way we- that started, a lot of people want to know, like, the curious, like, why did the cat thing? I, I bought a workshop from a couple of guys in Brooklyn, and I got all the wood and all the tools. I, I bought everything. They were moving to California, and they wanted everything out. And I, the last day I went, David, the, the owner of the shop, said, do you want my cat? We can't take him to California with us, and he's old, and we don't want to deal with him. And he opened the door, and Spike was in the big giant room all by himself, like waiting for somebody to come and save him. Aww. And and so I sent a picture to Taylor, and Taylor said, bring him. We'll find someone to take him. And so I brought, uh, well, I didn't bring him that day because he wanted to make sure his kids got a chance to say goodbye. And so he brought him to the shop about a week later and with food and a carrier and his bed and everything. And that was the day I started to shoot my first tips video, was, which was hot glue. So yeah. in the beginning of the day, me and Welder, Dave Welder, were going to be, oh, well, we got to make the tips video concept. We got to start tonight. And then the cat showed up. And I didn't even know Spike. Like It was the very first. So like, if you see the hot glue tips video, that was, I got Spike like an hour before that. <laughs> and so I just, I said, oh, let's, he was at the workshop. I'm like, let's keep him. And he, he went right inside the saw the first day. We opened the base of the old saw and it was all full of sawdust. He went right in there and laid down. So that might even be in the video. So that's, that's how the cat got involved. He just, it was just a matter of timing and it was just, uh, it was fate. It worked out really well. It was but hilarious no. um, hearing you talk about, this is in the last episode, but like going into the Lowe's store and having to explain like, <laughs> oh, I, I'm like, what do you say like when you're the YouTube person? Because we have the same thing. Oh, um, yeah. And they, they keep wanting us to get employee interactions, like us interacting with employees, which is even more awkward because then we're like, can you be on a video with us? You don't know who we are. <laughs> we're talking with the Lowe's advertising team. <laughs> Oh, yeah. They're like, it's funny. I walk in and like now when they see me, like three of them kind of go and like pretend they're busy. Like like, shuffle the same three papers around. Like, oh, oh, there's that guy. I don't know how to handle him. And then like Mr. Cat Paws. (laughs) And then they'll be like, uh, guy, 
You know, and that's the loudspeaker. And then someone shows up 10 minutes later, like as if they've been in an incubator. (laughs) (laughs) I think the manager goes into a secret hut underneath the store that's like three football fields away. Yeah. Because the manager is never nearby. They like come and like, "Um, so explain to me. I know I got the email three weeks ago and I didn't read it. Let me try and find it. (laughs) And then they go back into the secret bunker. So it's it's. It's, it is what it is. But I'm happy that they're being adventurous and letting me play. So that was really nice. I, I, did, I sent over the first tips video with Spike involved, and they never said a word. They go, oh, the cat's cute. We like it. And there, there was no changes. And so I did the next two. I had them in the can last week, and I sent them over for approval, and they were approved right away. So it's nice that they're, they're willing to be creative and open-minded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is barking probably at the UPS, man. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can hear that. Um, so anyway, that's my tips videos, and there'll be more soon, with or without uh, the support of a of Lowe's. We'll see how it goes. Cool. Well, you had a so, really interesting topic that you wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I've been, <clears throat> over the years, just to give a little background on me, I uh, before YouTube, I, I used to be in the toy business, and I did a lot of product design consulting. So I would make my own inventions. And most recently, I talked about my Gurgling Guts product, which is being relaunched. Uh, the, the idea of designing and developing and inventing products is, uh, is a complicated one. But I have, just to give some background before people say, like, well, what do you know? I have 25 patents in the toy business, none of which are active because they're all expired. They're all from the 90s and the, and the early 2000s. So a patent's really only good to exploit for 17 years and then a product will come onto the market and then you could, that's why there's copies of certain drugs. That's why there's copies of certain products. You see like, oh, this is not the original branded version, but it's the same exact thing. How can they do that? Plus patents expire after 17, 18 years and then you could just, then it's free for everybody to exploit that intellectual property. Um, but I wanted to bring up a thing in our YouTube world. We're all trying to split hairs and try and figure out new ways of skinning the cat uh, for various things. Maybe it's a tape holder, or maybe it's a chair, or maybe it's a bench, or maybe it's a, the way to approach something. And I just wanted to bring up and have a discussion on the concept of different versus different and better. Because in my world of patent consulting and invention consulting, I met with a lot of guys that would say, oh, help me develop this product and they're amateur inventors. And they say, mine's different than the one that's on the market. And I said, yeah, it might be different, but it's not necessarily better. And that's a question that you got to develop and ask yourself, is it better? Different? It is different because maybe it's a different shape, but is it better? Um, a, a good example, I, I, I get suggested videos all the time. And a really interesting video popped up last night and it was new internal combustion engines like done completely in ways that you've never seen. And one of them was this rotary engine where the cylinder and the piston that causes the compression and the explosion, which is how an engine works. When the explosion happens, the piston is retracted and it causes the crankshaft to turn. And if you have eight of those in a row going intermittently, that's why it keeps the crankshaft going in its own certain direction. And that's where you get power from. The bigger the piston, the bigger the explosion, the bigger the horsepower, so to speak. But this one combustion engine that I saw, and I'm going to have to find the video so that we could, it's in my history. I know I'll be able to find it. I was impressed with this one engine where the piston and the cylinder came completely apart and they rotated in two big circles. So I'm like using both of my hands that kind of come together at the bottom and far apart at the top. And as they come together in the bottom, it's the piston and the cup and they come together and explode 
on the upward stroke and at the top they explode apart. And at the same exact time, that thing is happening on the opposite side. So it's two cups and two pistons and they interact and they go boom, 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 boom. And I was blown away. I'm like, it's really different, but is it better? Because now that the piston and the cylinder are completely disengaged, if another piece of the engine might come disengaged, you have catastrophic failure. Let's say the piston and the cylinder are completely apart now. Uh, is there a need for oil? Where does oil come in? I mean, things are going to get hot. So it was a real interesting concept. And maybe, maybe I only saw an early version of the engine and maybe there's a much better sink, much better flushed out concept. But it's definitely different. What are the advantages, disadvantages? I'm not involved in that production development, so I don't really know. Um, but it is just was such an amazing thing to see an internal combustion engine done differently. But then you really got to ask yourself, that's really cool. It's super different. So, but is it better? Is it better than the engine that's been out for 125 years? The internal th- combustion engine. I think the uh, um, one item that everybody can relate to that we can see change really fast is the cell phone. Yeah. So Sony just entered, or not Sony, but Samsung introduced the, the foldable phone, which might be available in the next year or two. That's completely different. But is it better? Because now you have this weird seam in between two screens and it, and it bends and it's different but is it, is it better and there's so many things that we're trying to jam into cell phones because there's like three or four companies that are just trying to outdo each other all the yeah. time so they're just adding things a good a good example of that is the phone that has the screen that wraps around the edge is it called the edge it's called I the think edge it's called the edge yeah i mean that's i just think that i i know me and I, to me i'm like yeah that's different but is it it seems to me more vulnerable uh, it seems every phone will break eventually somehow, some way. And to have that exposed edge, and I could just imagine me, I would drop it right. Every time it fell out of my hand, it would fall right on that edge. It's, it should be called the broken edge. That's what my phone would be called. So <laughs> is, it is definitely different. And I know they have some advantages. I think my brother has one because I've seen like a little side screen pops up, like a little edge, like folder thing pops up. And is it better? I, for me, no. Uh is it different? Yeah, it's cool. And it looks cool in pictures and it's marketing different. And, and there you go. There, there's multi-million dollar corporations asking themselves, it's different. Is it better? And, then, and if they like it, they'll justify all the reasons why it's better. And that's why they have a marketing team. It might not necessarily be true, but they'll make you believe that it's true. And uh, that's what car companies have been doing for years. It's different. Is it better? You know, what's better for each individual is a different answer. But as... YouTubers, designers, inventors, we also have to really be sure to ask ourselves, oh, my shelf is definitely different, but is it better? Or is it just different for the sake of being a visually different from the pack? So these are the type of uh, things that you should ask yourself on a, on, on the regular basis. It's different, but is it different and better? So I think another thing, though, um, and this doesn't necessarily apply, apply to like product design when it's going out in the world, but, but for what we do, I think the entertainment factor of YouTube videos is something that sometimes can make it, if it's different and not necessarily better, it can still be a positive thing just because it might be more entertaining to see it be done in a different way. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it, we'll- it's, like, it's like hearing a, a copy of a song or, or a cover of a song that we're all so used to hearing. And then you hear somebody else do it and you're like, oh, this is different. And then you <laughs> hear it two times and you're like, wow, I really like this version. And you hear it a third time and then you forget the original version. You know, that's happened with, with, with entertainers that I, that I like and respect. Yeah, and like sometimes 
sometimes we'll try something that's just a little different and weird just to see how it works that we might not necessarily try if the goal is just to make it better. Like we recently we used a potato to make a mold and we just cut it up and use that and it actually ended up working really well. But if but our goal for that was to just do something different and we ended up finding something that actually I think did work well for something that that was quick if you don't have a bunch of materials. Oh yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, so there you go. It's different and better. I mean yeah. it, it all depends on and the I, circumstance. Bob I think sometimes that that experiment of that where the first step is not necessarily better can also be a gateway into a whole new line of thinking or a whole new, you know, like take go back to the cell phone thing you're talking about with the edge. That in and of itself, that particular product may be a bad choice, right? Because you're holding it, you drop it on its edge, whatever. But the idea of having a, a screen that can bezel, <clears throat> excuse me, bezel around something could be applied into some other piece or piece of technology in the future that makes more sense. You know, maybe it wraps, I don't, I don't know, this is not a good idea, but just for instance, maybe it wraps around the side of your refrigerator so that the edges of the refrigerator, which don't take the same type of abuse, have some other function that becomes more useful in the kitchen or something. But so like sometimes those things, the first iteration is not better, but it leads to technology or to uh, experimentation that will eventually be better, you know. Absolutely. Maybe. But maybe when- not. Like, like, maybe they're going to use potatoes for everything. <laughs> <laughs> so when you guys are making videos, how much of the different and better scenario are you applying to your videos? Or does it not matter to you? I, I do it almost every time. Like, I think, uh, and I was telling somebody that this weekend, I will look at if I need to make some shelves. I can't just make shelves. It's got to have a thing. Right. So like even when we uh, Evan and Caitlin, and I did a ping pong table, it needed a thing. Couldn't just be a ping pong table. And we actually ended up adding a bunch of things to it to make <laughs> it, you know, and it's still a ping pong table. So maybe it's not better. Um, but I do that with just about everything, if for no other reason than to force myself to not take the easiest possible route down, you know, in design like it. I can make shelves in my sleep. So. If they do something else, then I can't do that in my sleep, and I have to work a little bit harder to brainstorm. Cool brag. Cool flex. (laughs) (laughs) I can make shelves in my sleep, man. I should do that. I'd be so much more productive if I made shelves. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're a sleep builder, a sleep maker. That's right. (laughs) I find myself uh, uh, in my my videos, because in, in certain times my videos are more important than the thing that I'm making because the videos is the thing that is my business and Mm so I'm always trying to make the the con not necessarily the content but the edit the the feel the flow of my videos different and better and sometimes the projects I make are not new at all I mean I made a, a box joint jig recently and I got so many comments saying yeah, you did not invent that. This has been done 10 times before. I'm like, yeah, this jig has probably been used for 200 years. You know, I'm not trying to reinvent jigs. I'm just trying to introduce people to something new. But what is different is maybe how I made the video because I made the video in like like the video six minutes long. Instead of watching a 20 minute long video, trying to get through all that information, you get it right away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to, to, to toot my own horn for a second, I... When it's when I got back into the when I got back into the tips videos, I wrote down what I wanted to do, and I thought about for a second. I said, "Okay, these are the four tips I want to do." 
And when I wrote them down, I thought to myself, I should go and make sure that I'm not going to do the same tips that somebody else is doing. So I Googled, for instance, uh, reciprocating song. And I found a guy who had a, a series of tips that was similar to mine. I mean, I, I, I might have stole one or two of them from him. But one thing that I personally, as somebody with like attention deficit disorder and seven other examples of different things that are wrong with people, I couldn't watch his video because it was just one long conversation with a saw in the video. It was like, the next thing you could do with it. And so for me, I've already established this, this setup. For me to break up the tip so you could look at the cat and think about what you just saw is easier for me. Like I, I always tell people, only tell me information that I need to know right now. Don't give me everything at once. Just tell me what I need to know right now for the next hour. You know, like I'll go and I'll either work on a TV set or I'll, a TV show set or I'm like, and people throw all the information at you at once. I even tell my agent about, you know, some marketing stuff. I'm like, only just tell me what I need to know for the first part of the obligation. Because I have something coming up and I, it's an event and it's a tweet and it's a, and they tell me everything. I want to say, please only tell me what I need to know for the very next milestone. Don't tell me anything else because that just clouds my mind and I can't stay focused. I can't stay paying attention. And so that's why my tips videos are the way they are because when people throw seven things at you and there's no break to breathe in between those seven things, I only hear one loud noise. I don't hear seven different things. And so that's why my tip videos are different and I believe better. I mean, of course, it's me because I think it's better, but it works for me and my, my attention deficit problems. So there's a good example of different and in my opinion, better. Mm-hmm. So where the break, you need the break to stop and think and you get a little glimpse of the cat. It's all about the cat. Cat bonus. <laughs> so, so it's interesting. So what we're doing is we are making a product, we're making a video, and we're trying to be entertaining for the people watching us. So each one of those could have a different but better aspect to it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we've kind of talked about a few of them here. Going back to the product side of things, I wonder if any of you guys have faced this. I only have three patents not like, you know, (laughs) weird flex, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) But your patents are are in what, mine are in the toy business where it's like, I'm working for a client and I put like a little dimple on something like, that's great. Put it, let's patent it. So nobody else puts that dimple on it. It's a business. So like of my 25 patents, two of them were like, really were only, were like potent. The rest of them were very vague and, and kind of silly. And what are your patents are in? in? I, I think I know, but you could say it. Mine are in like uh, uh, new types of pumps, new types of mm-hmm. uh, tools that you can use. They're big, fancy, expensive things. I'm just one of the inventors on them. But but this is in the oil industry where you used to be? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So um, one thing that we ran into, though, is sometimes we would find the best, most optimal solution, but it was too simple. And right. people could really easily look at it, take it apart, and make it their own. Right. And that's one thing that, as a big corporation, people want to you you want to protect your your intellectual property. So we might want to make it a little bit more complex to make it harder to reverse engineer. And as as an engineer, I'm like, no, let's keep it simple so it's durable and long lasting. But there, you have to balance, I guess, those two aspects. I'm not sure if you guys have ran into anything. I've never like heard that. of this before, but it makes sense. Well, there have been moments in the toy business where me and whoever else I might have been working with uh, come up with an idea that's so simple that 
you can't even patent it, but it's you've figured out an interesting way to use it, and it's kind of fun to play with. And then you just go, well, what, what can I do about this? You've got to decide. Uh, an example of, well, this is, it just comes to mind. I did this gurgling guts thing, which happens to be here on my desk. It's this thing, which squishes and... No need, no need for that. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wait, let wow. me get the product. That wasn't it. That was just no. my stomach. <laughs> so I came up with this gurgling guts thing where the ball is inside of a skin. And, the, and what happens is uh, the patent is based on the idea that this liquid is in between the two things makes a noise. A few weeks later, I came up with a different version of this, which was a gro- I was trimming up with all these gross things. And I took a, a silicone ball. Uh, no, a PVC ball, and I filled it with ballistic gel. And then I cut a bunch of holes in it. And when you squeeze it, the ballistic gel pops out of it. Now, that's a product that everybody and their mother has seen through the 90s into the early 2000s because it got knocked off 60,000 times. And I wasn't ever able to go and fight the fight because it was kind of pointless. It was just such a simple idea. I, I may have even come up with it and got it patented at the same exact time somebody in China thought of it at the same time. So I, I, I'm not even, I'm not sitting here saying everybody copied me. I'm saying it's an idea that just kind of was there, but I did get the patent on it. But all the knockoffs came from all these companies that nobody knew, all these little party favor making companies. And, and, and about the same time, uh, after my product came out, there was the pig. You guys remember there was a pig with gel that came out of its butt? And MTV oh, yeah. did a commercial spot where you squeeze the pig and the gel came out of its butt. That was my patent, although I wasn't going <laughs> to sue MTV. They just had a cool little video progress, uh, uh, video segment, I should say. And so sometimes... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. See? Gel came out of a pig's butt, and that was a toy? See? I had one of those. Well, mine was a cow. But yeah. yeah, it was like a, they had a bunch of little, like, really cartoonish farm animals. Yeah. It was wow. like a pig. Uh, <laughs> disturbing. You could probably, I, I could probably Google the segment on YouTube. Nah. Nah. <laughs> no, it was that ballistic gel. So it comes in all colors, like, you know, bright white and green and yellow and blue and orange. And it's inside of a PVC toy, which could be any little squeezy toy. And we made them with gross faces. So the eyeballs and we had, like, zit holes and stuff. And when you squeeze them, all that stuff pops out. And then when you let go, it goes right back in. That product first started out as a balloon inside of a PVC ball. I made that product, and when you squeezed it, the balloon would pop through all the holes. But then those balloons would pop because they would overstretch in those little holes, and they break. And so the next logical step was to put, I said, what we need in here is some kind of gel. That's what we need. And then I found out you can get ballistic gel and melt it like wax and pour it into molds. And then when it cools, it's that ballistic gel again. And so that's that was the product that I made. Uh, so we had gurgling guts and gushers. We were calling them gushers. It was a different line of products came out a year later. And those didn't do well, but they got knocked off so many ways. We just said, whatever. There's nothing we could do. We just stuck with the original product, which wasn't getting knocked off nearly as much. And that's <laughs> gurgling guts. <laughs> so there's an idea of an, there's a, there's an example of a concept or an invention that was just so easily copied it was just copied so much that there was nothing i could do about it and some of the like when somebody made the pig with the butt that was different and i believe better than mine because it was one simple thing everybody likes poop and it's like oh it's poop oh. and when i made this thing i was like wait is that a monster who zits pop like i don't really understand it it's a monster and he is like zits and then when they did the pig everyone's like oh my god it's a pig and it's pooping i love it so <laughs> it just struck a nerve that I didn't, I didn't see. 
You know, like I think if we would have saw the pig, uh, if we would have saw it and made like an animal that poops and then the poop goes back inside, we would have been like, that's really funny, but that's not marketable. Let's come up with something else. Let's come up with monsters that have zits. So I don't think we would have nailed it the way somebody else did. And, and I believe it was different. And I believe this from a marketing point of view it was better, better than mine. If this hmm. is your first time listening to Making It, we don't normally <laughs> talk about poo. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome aboard. Until the after show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. But Jimmy always does that. <laughs> always. always. <laughs> <laughs> well, do we have anything else around the, the kind of central topic of different and better? I mean, where is this any, space Anything heading? that... Well, yeah, I was going to say, do you have any, like, I was going to go the other direction. Do you have any, like, really specific instances outside of the patent end of things, but in the video end of things, where you've done something, where you've put out the video thinking, like, this was going to be the better option, but then it just turned out to be, like, it fell flat with the people watching the video. Your idea didn't really catch the way that you thought it would. I have a a great (laughs) example is when I made the wooden box with only a utility knife, where the entire box was made out of that, that foam core board veneered with wood veneer. And I thought, and, and the box I made, I thought came out really cool. It was a beautiful looking wood box that anybody could make with a knife. And I'm like, this video is going to take off and people can make beautiful wooden things with limited tools. And then nobody watched the video. And that could be because maybe only I think it's a creative thing or, uh, maybe I didn't title or use the right thumbnail or whatever. There's many reasons that it could not have taken off. I blame myself, but that's one thing that I thought, like, this is going to take the crafting world by storm and everybody's going to make these beautiful <laughs> little wooden boxes with a knife. The world by storm. That's very funny. The crafting we world. Ha- yeah. We have another. Um, and I, I think it might have been the case of being trying to be too different from our normal stuff, but um Recently, we did a collaboration with Bill and Britt from Punish Props and Joel from 3D Printing Nerd, and we did a prop-off challenge, and it was a totally different format because we made it almost like a like game show parody kind of thing where the two of us and Joel each made a prop in two hours, and then Bill and Britt judged it, and it was really funny. Um, there's a lot of like non-linear editing, so it was one of our more complicated videos to edit, and it just did not perform well. Like, we thought... Really? Like, oh, yeah. We thought, you know, it's a big collaboration. There's, you know, three different channels involved. It's really fun. It's something different. But I don't know. Maybe it was... See, for my attention deficit disorder, I'm already like, okay, wait. How many, I'm writing this down. How many of this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it was too involved. much. Where's my squeaky marker? Hold on. I can't find my good props. Everybody hit mute. Three channels. <laughs> well, I think people. that... <laughs> Hold on. I'm trying to get prepared to watch the video. The game show. Okay, where do I hit play? <laughs> yeah. Even even Bob kind of made an appearance as a guest judge. Bob's mm. head, at least. Get it right, Bob. Um, Bob yeah, Bob's there. head was involved. <laughs> you should see my wipe-off board. There's like circles and arrows pointing to all the circles. <laughs> and then there's a big arrow that hits play. So the world wasn't ready for a video is what you're saying. <laughs> but what, what's really interesting is if each of these were being judged by like an impartial audience of viewers, we might get different results. But each time we release a video, it's being judged by the audience that we currently have, our subscribers. And how our subscribers react and engage with that video, that's how YouTube ranks it 
and gives it a grade to show it to more people. So what our videos are doing aren't necessarily grading them between good and bad. It's putting them through a filter and then pushing them to audiences that YouTube might think will enjoy it. I'm not sure if I'm saying this right. But what our video performance is doing isn't necessarily judging whether the video is good or not. Right. That's right. true. That makes me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> but that's actually one of the hard things about YouTube is that you don't really have a, a sense. It's hard to really get a sense of whether something that you put out is good or not for that very reason. Because you could put out something bad that happens to hit the keywords and time requirement and those things that you know YouTube's going to pick up and serve to a lot of people. A lot of people may watch it and hate it, but they've watched it. And so that's our metric of, like, it was good because it was watched, but the opposite can totally be true, like you're saying. Perfect example. I don't know how this happened, but there's this time lapse of a guy who, like, it's like a Nest camera pointing out at his driveway, and someone is refinishing the driveway. And it has 20 million views. And all of the comments are like, huh. why is YouTube suggesting this? Why is YouTube suggesting this? Are you watching this in, in this year? Are you watching this in this year? And it just keeps on going because people see it and they're like, why is this on my homepage? They click it. How does this have 20 million views? They click it. How does this have 30 million views? Because <laughs> you clicked it. Because yeah. you clicked it. And now you commented on it. <laughs> yeah. You are contributing to this. <laughs> so I, I can, think I, that's, that's the case. You know, it's something that's not great but it's doing amazingly where something could be performing really low, but it's just because you haven't found that audience that would enjoy it yet. <laughs> the yeah. driveway time-lapse audience. <laughs> the driveway time-lapse audience, that's where it's that's at. That's a big thing, actually. No, I, it brings me to a, a concept that I was a little nervous about, but I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised, is my canoe video. When I was putting together the canoe video, I knew I had a full edit of at least 35 minutes. And I asked the, through Instagram, I said, should I break it up? I, I hate doing chaptered videos. I, I don't think I've ever done like part one and part two ever in my life. Uh, because I know I'll always just see one of those parts and just be like, okay, I got it. I could see the middle part and be like, okay, I see where this is going. I don't need to find part two and three. And uh, I personally never liked following a series because I have no uh, attention to detail. And I, I mean, when it comes to, I just don't follow it. So I said, I'm going to do different than, and this is opposite of what I said about the tips videos, but the tips videos for me are like little potato chips. They're just that. It's not like a tremendous meal. So when, does that make metaphor make sense? Bob's laughing like I'm crazy. <laughs> <Tips> <laughs> That's perfect. It's perfect. Uh, so it's like a can of Pringles. Um, so <laughs> let me gather my thoughts. So when I decided what I was going to do, I actually did watch a lot of uh, canoe videos. It helped me in the process of building my canoe when I watched guys who did chaptered videos. This one guy did a really beautiful canoe with an inlaid side. After I saw that, I was already done with my layup. And I was like, oh, I wish I would have thought to do that earlier. Anyway, this guy did this beautiful sort of like a Southwestern style uh, pattern in the side of his canoe strips. But I watched all his chapters and and, and when it came my time for mine, I'm like, what's going to fit on my channel? Just like fast forward through six months worth of work jam it into as short a period of time as I could. And and I put it out there not knowing how it was going to be received. And it's done really well. It's been like my, it's been a really good performing video for me, uh, despite the fact that it's 35 minutes long. And I don't know what my retention is. I haven't watched yet, but you know, there's some clues throughout the video that people are seeing and they're reminding me. Like for instance, Eric pops up out of nowhere when I was working on the canoe at I think at about 12 minutes, 
I was working on the canoe and Eric from Hansel Rescue was here. And I had the camera on a tripod and he snuck up behind me and popped his head up. And I didn't know that was in the edit because at the end of the day, I just closed the camera, just downloaded the footage. I never reviewed the footage. I was building up my canoe footage till I got more that I was nervous. So I gave Brett a hard drive with hours of foot. I said, Brett, could you at least just do the first half for me? And Brett knocked it down to like a 20 minute cut. And I, I tweaked it after that, but he, he handed me and goes, it's Eric's in there. It's super funny. I go, what? He handed me the hard drive. He goes, yeah, Eric's in there. It's really funny. I left him in there. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, oh, you don't know? And I was like, no. He's, oh, well, you'll see it. And when I, and I completely forgot. So now it's like three, four days later when I finally review the footage and Eric pops up and I'm here alone in the, in the computer laughing so hard. Eric just pops up and then pops back away. He makes that crazy face. And it was such a funny surprise. So I left that in the edit. So that's like one of the Easter eggs that people are noticing. So I know that they're watching at least 12 minutes in. Mm. And then there's a couple of small things at the end where people are saying, oh, so I know that people are watching it through at least a few people that comment. Long explanation short. I'm surprised that people are watching a 35-minute video versus me rolling out five chapters over the course of a, you know, a month. I've run into that as well. I mean, I had, I think my longest video was 26 minutes or something like that. And I was really a, a bit anxious. I mean, I don't usually worry about the time, but that was, that seemed excessive. But at the same time, neither one of those videos, if I had split it into two parts, would have been complete enough to be standalone, standalone you know? Yeah. And that one actually has done really, really well, especially for the, the subject matter. It was like making a closet. Which doesn't seem terribly interesting to people, but mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't think it would be that interesting to people. But I know how I consume long videos too. I, I just watch it until I can't watch it anymore, and then I just get back to it later. I mean, just like reading a chapter in a book, I just, I'll get to it later. I'll, I'll watch it till a certain point. I get a phone call, get interrupted, I'm on to something else. A few hours later, I'm like, oh, let me see where that video goes, and I just go into my history and find it. So that's what I assume people would do with a long video like the canoe build. And so I, I guess I was right because people are watching it. Yeah, and there is a YouTube uh, section now, like jump back in, where it's trying to get you to finish those long videos. Oh There's yeah, video when you go back to it months ago, yeah, yeah, it goes still, right like, back to where you were. That's very, that's really, uh, that's very helpful. I don't think I knew about that. That is pretty cool. Sweet. Well, um, you guys want to go on to what we're what we've been watching? Yeah. I can thank our Patreon supporters, two of which are with us right now. Do we think we should, should we give them like a, a discount or like a credit on their Patreon? I feel like maybe we should. Big thanks to Evan and Caitlin for being here, but also for being Patreon supporters. Um, also thanks to Wise Old Al, Corey Ward, Works by Solo, Chad from Mancrafting, Nick Ryan, Caleb Harris, who was uh, at the thing uh, in uh, ThinkerCon. That's what it was. He was there. That was super cool. Uh, Maker in Training, Fun Kiss, Artistic Creations, Blondie Hacks, and Make, Build, Modify. I almost got it. I did it better than usual. But anyway, big thanks to them, uh, all of them, and everybody that helps us out over there. And if you want to help out the show in any way, go to patreon.com slash making it. And even a dollar, any level, gets you uh, the after show. Thank you. Yes. All right. What you been watching? I'll, I go first with this really cool channel, Andy Mation. You guys know Andy Mation? No. Mm-mm. No. I, it popped up in my suggested, and I watched about 10 of his videos. He makes flip books, 
And he describes an easy way to make flipbooks. And his last video was from last week. It's got 7 million views. The video before that from two weeks ago, it got 8 million views. He's got 3 million, 1 million, 2 million, bubble, blah, 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 blah. He's got a lot of millions of views, this guy. Wow, he makes little flipbooks. So he'll buy a, he'll buy a uh, he basically works with uh, index cards. But he's a, he's a professional animator. But this is a great example of someone that has a tremendous amount of information to share makes it simple for the masses. It makes it simple. Obviously, animation is a complicated thing, but he shows you how anybody could hmm. take a flip book, make a flip book out of a pack of index cards and do something extremely interesting. And his last one is the line challenge. He said, I'm going to just try and do something with a simple line. How can I make a simple line be interesting and, and have some character? And he has the line bouncing around inside the thing. It goes into a coil and it snaps straight again. Really, really, really amazing. And, and it just shows how anybody can do a flip book. And it's a good thing if you have kids, make a, give a kid the, the, the ability to make a flip book. Bob, have all your kids do flip books and then be busy for hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, else. we we've actually done that before, and they didn't have the patience at the time to like really carry through it, but they did think it was pretty awesome. Yeah, that is really cool. We're, yeah, we're, we're watching, we're, we're it, watching right it right now. now. That's that great. So cool. It's unbelievable. I love yeah. how he shows like he'll drop a stick in real life, see how it moves, and then right. translate that. That's really yeah. Cool. Wow. Yep. So for me, I am going with somebody that I just learned, or a, a group of people that I just learned about yesterday through these two here, <laughs> Evan and Caitlin, and it's called the Try Guys, and it's it's really cool. So there's there's four of them, mm -hmm. right? And um, so I'm learning that their YouTube channel is kind of all over the place. It's like the one time they'll try this and they'll, they'll, they'll try that. So there's not like a set format with their videos. Mm -hmm. We watched one... Um, they used to be with BuzzFeed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They've broke apart and done their own thing now. But the video that we watched yesterday was when they were still with BuzzFeed. And they were challenged to make bread without looking at a recipe. Only by what you know in your head. And it was really fun. And you guys wanted to show me because the edit was amazing. But the content of it was also just equally amazing. And then we watched another one of where they would go. They went to a plastic surgeon. And to get a consultation. And then based on that consultation, they had a Photoshop expert make those uh, adjustments to their faces. And so that one was a little bit more deep and a little mm -hmm. bit more like, uh, is this uh, acceptable type thing? And so it was just a really fun channel. Yeah. I highly recommend it. It goes from fun and silly to emotional and... <laughs> everywhere in between. We've binged pretty much all of their <laughs> <laughs> videos. But like the non-linear editing style that they have is so interesting. Yeah, that that's actually, their bread video is the one that we, after seeing that, that's when we decided to do our prop off video because we were like, we have to try something like this or it's like a challenge parody and there's in the moment interviews intermixed with what's happening live and yeah, it's a really cool channel. Sweet. Um, well, mine is one that you've probably all seen before. So it's a guy that was on um, Tested. They did a, a feature on him. His name's Barnaby Dixon, and he does um, puppetry. And I'd seen, like, short videos of these little puppets that he made, <clears throat> and I, I don't think I ever watched the Tested stuff on it. But it was, like, interesting in the periphery, right? It was like, oh, that wow, that looks pretty cool. And that was about it. Well, he was at ThinkerCon, and getting to sit down and talk to him and then having him pull these tiny little puppets out and put them on and walk around. I saw him. He was like had like a glow in the dark when jumping on people's shoulders. It was cute. 
<laughs> yeah, so he does this different type of puppetry <clears throat> where he uses both hands and they're attached, these puppets are attached to his fingers. And so he'll put his hands together in some weird little configuration and he can move these little creatures in ways that just don't really make sense. Like, And it's all very natural to him. Like we were sitting there at a table talking and he didn't have these things on and he would just pull his hands up and stick them together, and you could see, even with no puppet, you could see the movement. You could see what parts were being moved, just mm. the way he was doing his hands. Um, anyway, really amazing stuff. And I, from talking to him and talking about like his history, he used to do stop-motion animation. I just had a, a very different appreciation for seeing it up close, and uh, it was super cool. So, did, he, he, did, did you see the one where he attached an LED screen to his puppet? There was a live feed of his mouth. There was a GoPro attached to his face. <laughs> so that as he moves his face around, it's static. And he can move the puppet around and talk. And the It looks Ellie, like the puppet's oh. talking. It's so cool and yeah. so creepy cool and in creepy. a really cool way. Yeah, it, I, I saw a video of that one. It was pretty amazing. But they're super cool because I mean, he's got a bunch of different types. Maybe not a bunch, but a few different types of types of creatures like i don't even know how to say that but you know there's like a biped to where he's controlling one hand is the two feet the two legs and the other is the two arms but then he has like a bird and then i think there's a four or a six-legged creature i don't remember exactly but you know so it's not the same thing with different skins on it he has a bunch of different types of things that require different types of motion and so anyway very cool go check him out Hmm. guys got anything else jim jimmy Oh, Jimmy Davis, us. Oh, us, yeah. Yeah, do you want to? Yeah, I'm I'm sure you guys have seen uh, French Guy Cooking. Yeah. We've we've been watching a lot of his videos recently, and the way he problem solves and tells a story at the same time is really fascinating. And he has a book out. His book just came out. Yeah, 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 his book just came out. Um, But he's also, like, you know, and I don't know if if all the audience has watched his videos, because if... You think, oh, I'm not into cooking videos. You may not watch it. But he's like a very makery channel. Like half the videos we watch of his are where he's making something. And it might be for the kitchen, but he um, will go on this adventure on trying to figure out how to make the best thing, like the best knife tool sharpener or the best like bag for bringing your groceries in. And it's like he's they're all very, very well done. And, and he's written a cooking book, but he's about to, and I'm not sure when he's going to do this, but he is going to release a Kickstarter for a Wi-Fi or Bluetooth-connected angle gauge that you magnetically snap onto a knife to sharpen it at a precise angle. Mm. So, oh, I wow. mean, the, 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 the problems that he tackles are just so interesting. That's cool. He, he came to my shop in New York before I moved out about three years ago, and we made a pizza cutter out of two uh, push saws. So you could find that. <laughs> he has his version. I have my version. It's in, I used it as a vlog segment where... We cut a pizza. We welded two sauce together and cut it so it's like a push down, like a rocker. Oh. That's awesome. I have a pick also. Okay. Do you guys know the channel The Modern Rogue? Mm. Yeah, just through you guys. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's another one that I think, like, not all, not everyone in the maker community may know about them, but they do a lot of really, really cool stuff. And some of it is making, like, um, we just hung out with them and um, made some improvised weapons, which was really fun. Um, the one that's out right now is we made a pneumatic cannon. Um, uh, but we have a few more that that will be released. But so they do a lot of improvised weaponry. They do um, like 
I, I guess, how would you describe their channel? It's like their <laughs> their goal is to become the ultimate, like, gentleman and scoundrel. And so they have a lot of, like, um, like how to pick a lock, how to um, do karate. Like, they'll get trained in how to do karate. They'll get trained in how to cook the ultimate steak. Um, or sometimes they'll just try crazy things, like, can they... Um, cook an egg on a light bulb. Cook, yeah, cook an egg on a light bulb, yeah. yeah. They have a lot of fun, of really fun stuff. Um, uh but yeah, their channel is highly entertaining. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, I guess that's probably it for the main show. Thank you, Evan and Caitlin, for hanging out with us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us again. <laughs> of course. I think you're probably the first like double. I mean, we haven't had very many guests anyway, but I'm pretty sure you're the first double ghost. Guest. <laughs> ghost. <laughs> double ghost. <laughs> first double ghost. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Because anyway, you just keep so. crashing all of your houses, so yeah. Jimmy, you're next. My <laughs> <laughs> house is messy. Anyway. <laughs> you know, a quick way to clean your house is to have guests over, because you clean everything. <laughs> yeah. No, well, we used to rent the house, and we had a house cleaner. and We do have a house cleaner now, but when, we, when the house gets rented, it gets spotless. And then when everybody leaves the place, it gets a disaster. Oh, that's everybody's house. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, I guess that's it for this one. We're on to the after show. Thank you, everybody. So, thank you. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. I love you too, Jimmy.